Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. We're continuing on our, our series of living under the blessing of the Lord. And I believe that God can set you free today. You don't have to continue on in the same old, same old routine. I just sense here this morning that there are those, you've just been living in the same cycle, same cycle of depression and discouragement. You're just in this cycle of fear and bondage. And it's time that you need to break that this morning. Allow the Lord to just break that cycle. You need to step out of that cycle today. And you, do you hear what I'm saying? You need to step, step out of the cycle of depression and discouragement. Stop out, step out of the cycle of what was and step into what God's promised. Begin, how do you do that? Well, the anointing we're going to talk about this morning breaks the yoke. The anointing destroys the bondage. So we're going to continue on living under the blessing. The anointing destroys the bondage. Don't pick up what the anointing destroys. So number one, when the anointing breaks the yoke, don't go trying to pick it back up again. We're great at that. We get in, you know, we get in prayer lines, we come to services, we get in an atmosphere of faith. I'm free. He's risen. I've got power flowing on. You know, we sing it all, quote it all, stand on it all. And the minute we walk out the doors, we're back to the pig slop again. So don't go back to the mess. If the Lord has set you free, you need to walk in the freedom that God's given you. And it might, it might just be baby steps. It really might just be a baby step. This morning, God may set you free from an addiction. I've seen many, many times people get set free from alcohol and drugs and smoking. Matter of fact, we had someone a couple weeks, last night of hope. Somebody came up to me and they said, I was in service at Night of Hope and or at, at, in service following Night of Hope and you laid hands on me to get free from smoking. I've been a smoker for however X number of years they had been. And they said, I haven't smoked a cigarette since you laid hands on me. God set me free. I don't even have the desire to smoke. The anointing breaks. the, And they said, but, but I want to walk in freedom. How do I do that? And I said, well, you need to keep coming to church, number one. Get in the atmosphere of his presence. Learn how to live that out. Be in the atmosphere of the anointing. Stir up desire. So it might just be baby steps this morning. The Lord might set you free from smoking or addiction or whatever it is. Fill in the gap. And it might just be a baby step saying, I'm going to go to church on Sunday mornings faithfully. That might just be the first step of faithfulness. Just do the first. Just do the baby steps. And a baby step, go to church. Baby step, go to Thrive on Sunday nights and be discipled by Pastor Zach and Heather because we have a great time on Sunday nights with teaching. Go from, okay, got that baby step. Okay, now I'm going to go to midweek refresh. Wednesday's midweek refresh. And I'm going to be refreshed when I go to Wednesday. I promise you will be refreshed if you come on Wednesday nights. We had a great time again Wednesday night. It, it gets messy in here on Wednesdays. Someday it's going to get that messy on Sunday morning. We just keep... Keep drinking. It's, it's, gonna, it's bound to happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
you can only drink so much and not have overflow. So we, just think about that for a moment. You, just, you know. So then ba- baby step Wednesday, and then baby step, and we'll be in a, in a care group and get discipled. Just baby steps. Then all of a sudden, you've just made a bunch of baby steps, and you were over there with the whatever that was. And now you've made your way on this journey with the Lord and freedom. Don't, don't, don't carry on anymore in your mess. You don't need to live in mess. You were created for more than mess. Right? You were created for more than mess. You need to get this. You were created more for more than mess. The the prodigal son was, he was born, he was created to live with the blessing of his father. He was was created to live in the enjoyment of his father's home and all the blessings that came with living in his father's home. But he exchanged his relationship with his dad, he had daddy issues, and exchanged his daddy issues for the pig slop. And how many times in church do we exchange because we have daddy issues, whether it's earthly, you know, daddy issues, or we have daddy issues with God. We have, we have daddy, well, God, you didn't, so I'm, I'm mad at you. You didn't do that. I'm bitter at you. You know, we exchange our daddy issues for the pig slop. I'll get even with you. I'll show you. Now, we don't say that consciously, but it's how we live. How's that working for you? (laughs) How's that working for you, exchanging the the blessing of the Father's home and living in the slop? How's that working? Are you enjoying the corn cobs that everybody else has ate off of? Are you enjoying the mess? Well, just a... (laughs) Okay, we'll just eat another corn cob somebody else's ate off of. Let's put it in our arm. We'll just eat another corn cob somebody's ate off of. Let's go have another relationship. We'll eat off. Let's go gamble our money away and let's eat off something else somebody else's ate off of. Or you can step in to the Father's house. Yeah, you can step in. Somebody just stepped in. You step in. Woo! I felt that. <laughs> Step into the Father's house for the blessing of the Lord. Y'all are good. Luke chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 4, I don't have a ton of time, so I'm going to make this quick. I want to continue on living under the blessing of the Lord. The anointing breaks the yoke. Last, two weeks ago, we talked about the spirit of poverty and the spirit of lack is origins. It's found in the spirit of fear. We talked about the spirit of fear and how we overcome the spirit of fear is understanding that God has not, the spirit of fear is not originating from God, that God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. We have to learn to walk in the authority and the power that God has released into our life. We have to learn to walk 
according to the love of God, walking, keeping ourselves in the love of God, praying in the Spirit, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, keeping yourself in the love of God. And we have to walk in our sound mind, walk according to self-discipline. So we took a look at those the first week. Last week, we talked about revelation of the truth and that the truth will set you free. But you got to have a revelation of that truth. You can have good information all day long, but it's when the revelation of the word of God becomes alive on the inside of you, that faith is ignited on the inside of you. There is a result that happens when faith is ignited on the inside of you. Faith produces a confession. The faith of God on the inside of you produces a confession. I'm not talking about positive confessions and go name it, claim it. I'm talking about what Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about. That when you have an effect of God in your heart by faith, you begin to confess with your mouth the work of God that he's doing on the inside of you. And so when you're facing that difficult season or, or you feel like you have a lack in a certain area, whatever it is that God's dealing with, you begin to seek the Lord. You ask the Lord to reveal the truth, reveal his glory to you in the middle of that situation. Lord, like, like you said to Martha, I said, if you would believe, you would see the glory of the Lord. So Lord, I want to see your glory in this situation. So help my unbelief. Show me your glory. Show me who you are. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear your word. Let me hear your promise. And then all of a sudden, he deposits that word on the inside of you, and it produces faith, and that faith, that revelation of truth on the inside of you produces a confession. There's a verbalization. Your mouth is the release valve for your faith. You begin to speak out and declare the promise of God over your life. You stop speaking everything that everybody done did to you and hurt you and that, this, that, and the other thing. And you start speaking the word of God over them. Lord, I bless them. That person that spoke evil of me, I bless them. They'll do well in all that they set their hands to. You'll prosper them and use them. Lord, in this situation, I know that you own a cattle on a thousand. Lord, you'll bless me. I've sowed my seed. I've given. And so now I'm trusting you that there's going to be a return on the investment that I've made into the kingdom of God. I've trusted you. And Lord, I know that you're faithful. And you begin to thank the Lord and speak the promises of God over your life. Amen. Now today we're going to take a look at the anointing breaking the yoke. In Luke chapter 4, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Jesus goes to the temple in his hometown and he begins to do what Jesus did. He taught. He taught in the synagogues. He went to go and to teach, and he stands up and he begins to quote Isaiah. In verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. Can you imagine, just with me for a moment, just this scene, Jesus, the Joseph's boy, you know, let's just pick on somebody who's been here for a long time, grew up in the church, and, and everybody knows him, we'll pick on Joe here. Joe comes in, he sits down and watches everything that's happening, and all of a sudden he gets up, he comes up to the pulpit, he opens a Bible, and he reads two verses, closes it, and goes and sits down. Everybody's going to be watching, what in the world is he doing? Who does he think he is? 
Who does he think he is? I mean, that's, that's Sloan boy. You know, I, I changed his diapers. I know who that is. Right, Sandy? <laughs> I, I know. Who, who does he think he is, that slow boy getting up? I, I remember him being in the nursery. And that's Jesus is in his hometown. And he stands up and he tells everybody. And they're all eyes fastened on him. I would imagine they're fastened on him because, one, who does he think he is? And we pick up this attitude here as we read on. But also, there was an authority that we also pick up on here in, in the context. There was an authority that he was speaking with that they had not seen yet. There was an authority. They, they, had, they, had seen, they had seen Jesus as the carpenter's son. They had not yet seen him as Jesus the teacher. And so now he's standing up and he's teaching them. They hadn't put the, the authority yet. And so Jesus is connecting for them his authority here in this, in this passage. And he says... Uh, Their eyes were fixed on him. In verse 21, it says, And they began to say, He said to them. He answered every question that everybody had in their heart. They just didn't say it. At this point, they were looking at him, and the, and the thought was in the heart, who was this, and why is he speaking with such authority? And Jesus answers it without anyone asking a question. He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, what Isaiah prophesied, I am he. I am the one that has been anointed of God. I am the one who is here to preach good news. I am the one who's here to heal the brokenhearted. Well, this ticked them off. If you, read, if you go on down in verse 28, it says, So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, they were out to kill him. They didn't like what he had to say. They didn't like the authority that he walked in. They didn't like the, the authority with which he spoke. And how dare someone from the midst of them, someone from Nazareth, tell them what they're going to do. I want to take a look at what Jesus said here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Every chain, every bondage can be broken. Jesus has been anointed. The Bible says in John that God anointed Jesus without measure. There is a divine anointing that's flowing from the Father onto the Son today. In this perfect unity of the Father and the Son, there is this anointing oil that's flowing. Isaiah says this anointing breaks every curse. It breaks every bondage. It breaks every chain today. This same anointing is flowing today. Jesus, Paul said of Jesus, I'm sorry, Peter said of Jesus, I was right, Paul in Acts 10, and Peter said it in Acts 2, this is, this is that which you see in here. This, this is coming from Jesus. He is pouring out this. So that same anointing, and Paul said in Acts 10 that Jesus was anointed by God and went about doing good works, healing, and Casting out devils, doing all of these things by the anointing of God. And Psalms, David said, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than all others. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy, the anointing. The, you hear what I'm saying this morning? This oil of joy. The oil of joy that's refreshing. This oil, this anointing of Jesus. 
needs to get all over you today. The anointing of Jesus, this anointing that's flowing from the Father under the Son, needs to flow and get all over you today. All up in your business, all up in your bad attitudes, all up in your poverty, all up in every, every aspect of your life, all up in your family business. All up in your home. Let the anointing of God begin to saturate every aspect of your life. It is this anointing the Bible says will break the yoke off of your life. We see this anointing in the Old Testament. What Jesus was saying here is I've been, I've been commissioned by God. In the Old Testament, the priest would be anointed, the high priest, the priest would be anointed with oil, designating them, commissioning them to their service, their office. So Jesus is saying, I've been anointed by God. I've been commissioned by him. He has placed his spirit upon my life. If you go back to Jesus' baptism, he was baptized in water. He came up and the spirit of God came upon him. You, if Jesus needed to walk in the anointing, understanding the anointing, you and I need to walk in the fullness of the anointing of God. What is the anointing? It is the commission of God to carry out what he's called you to do. So one, it's the authority of God. It's the release of his authority on your life, understanding your authority as a believer. And then secondly, it's the power to get the job done. So Jesus was saying, not only has he commissioned me, but he has given me the ability, the power to do exactly why I said I'm here. So when Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, that's exactly what he was able to do. When he said, I've come to preach liberty to the captives, that's exactly what he was able to do. And today, he's still preaching the good news to those who are in captivity. He is still healing the brokenhearted. He's still binding up those who are bruised and oppressed. God wants to set you free today. Well, I, I'm, I am set free. I would venture to say that there is something in your life that still needs the liberty of God in. I don't think every one of us have got it figured out today. <laughs> the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing, the anointing of God was flowing onto his son, wants to flow. You know, it's interesting, this, the Hebrew word for uh, the anointed one, Messiah. The anointed one, Messiah. In John chapter 4, we find the story of the woman at the well. Jesus sits down to her and says, give me a drink. <laughs> Hang on, Jesus, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we're not supposed to interact. And Jesus continues on this conversation with her. And in verse 10 of John 4, he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She was too focused on why she came. She had, you know, men that she had to take care of. She had other, other issues that she had to deal with, things going on in her life that she was too busy to notice that the Messiah was sitting in front of her. And Jesus said to her, if you would have recognized who was sitting in front of you, the anointed one, you would recognize the living water that I could give to you. 
you'll never thirst. You see, when we operate in a place of lack or poverty, all we, all we want to do is our world, one drink to the next drink, one paycheck to the next paycheck. We just live. We live in what's happening in our life in the immediate, and we don't see beyond that. Jesus was sitting there saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the anointed one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Your, your answer, your deliverance, your freedom, your joy, your overflow in every aspect of your life is sitting right in front of you. If you would have just asked of me for a drink. She missed her opportunity. As a matter of fact, later on in John 4, in John chapter 4 and verse 25, says, The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus, it says in verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. The anointed one. She was too busy looking at everything else, her circumstance, situation, life. I've had five husbands. I'm living with somebody. My life has been a wreck. I've got financial issues. I've got family issues. I've got you know, the reputation issues. All of the things that went along with this woman's life. And she was distracted by everything and missed that the Messiah, the anointed one, was sitting right in front of her. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to those who are poor in spirit. The religious crowd would, would disregard the poor. They didn't want to interact with the poor. They didn't want to associate with the poor. They didn't want the poor in their midst. Matter of fact, James writes about uh, favoritism in the church and how you shouldn't treat the, the rich and the poor different and addresses this issue. And so the religious crowd was always looking to get rid of the poor. We don't want, you know, after we first got here, we had someone, I had someone tell me after we started doing outreach, someone told me, well, I want a sophisticated church. Meaning they didn't, want, they didn't want the poor. They didn't want the poor sitting next to them. They didn't want the smell. They didn't want, and needless to say, they didn't last long. Jesus did not come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for those who were poor in spirit. For theirs, Jesus said, is the kingdom of heaven. came to preach the gospel to the poor, good news to the poor. I've got good news for you today. I've got good news. The same Jesus that said and proclaimed this word 2,000 years ago is still proclaiming over your life the good news that you can walk in victory. Well, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. I, I've wasted it all. I've spent it all. I've got nothing left. I can't, God would never. I'm telling you today, the spirit of the Lord is upon him. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. The spirit of the Lord can set you free today, no matter how far you are. There's no chain too big. There's no bondage too great. God can still set you free. He's called me. He's preached to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Has life beat you up? Has someone for, you know, one of the hardest things in life is when someone lets you down. You have expectations that just aren't met. 
Maybe it's a maybe it's family situation. If you if you've been married for any amount of time, you know about unmet expectations, I'm sure. Matter of fact, in James, James says, Where do wars and quarrels come from? And then if you read it says husbands and wives. No, it really doesn't. But it says you you want and you don't get it. What is that? Unmet expectation. You you fight and you quarrel because of unmet expectations. So someone has let you down. You've been broken hearted. It's caused fights and dissensions and strifes, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, whatever it is. This same anointed one who's sitting at the right hand of the Father today can heal your broken heart. He wants to reach in to the depths of your soul with his loving hands and begin to heal the brokenness of your soul. Just like the man who was born blind, who couldn't see, he wants to begin to put the mud, the healing salve on your eyes and begin to heal your heart today. He wants to heal the emotions that have been wounded. You know, people say the, the silliest things. And one of the, things, one of the silliest things that we always say is, well, I don't live by my emotions. When so, you know, I live by faith. I don't live by my emotions. When someone says that to you, that means they've turned off emotionally. You were created with emotions. <laughs> so if you're looking at me telling me that you don't live, you know, that it, what's being implied there is I don't want to be emotional. You were created with emotions. God formed you with emotions. We don't live our life based on, we don't make decisions based on our emotions, but they're very real. Our emotions get hurt, people walk on them, and our emotions need to be transformed into the image of God. Our emotions, just like our mind and our desires, our will, ought to glorify God, so are our emotions to glorify God, and they need to be transformed. They need to be metamorphosized from glory to glory. So that means instead of having an emotional meltdown when, you're, when you don't get your way. Getting quiet in here. Just stick your toes out. Hold on. Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be okay. When you don't get your way, instead of having an emotional meltdown, you begin to say, okay, Lord. Transform my emotions. I don't have to be in control of everything. I don't have to have the answer for everything. But I can trust you. I can trust in the anointing. I can trust in the, the authority and the power that's flowing from the throne right now that you are able to meet this need. You're able to deal with the goofball that I'm dealing with or I'm married to. You're able to deal with, the, you know, whatever the situation. God, I know that you're more than capable of fixing it and handling it. Your anointing is more than able to break the yoke. Your anointing is more than able to make me happy in the middle of it. God has anointed you with the oil of joy more than all others. Jesus is a happy Jesus. You have this image of Jesus with a big frown. 
and his grumpy holy stick that's going to beat you up. <laughs> that's not the image that the Bible paints of Jesus. He was happy. He was dancing with the kids. He had a good time. Even on the way to the cross for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He is a joyful God. He has wrath on sin, but he is a joyful God. The anointing is able to make you happy. I have so many thoughts on that. I will leave that alone. You don't have to be broken hearted. You can be happy. You can be joyful again. He can fill your mouth with laughter and your tongue with shouts of joy. The anointing breaks the captivity. Matter of fact, he goes on, he says, to proclaim liberty to the captives. What that means is that you were led off into captivity and Jesus comes to proclaim freedom from the captivity. He sets you free from the prison that you're in, and he brings you back to your homeland and restores you. That's, that's what said Jesus. No matter what it is that you're facing today, Jesus is able to liberate you from captivity. He is able to set you free, and not only set you free, but he is able to restore you and bring you back to your homeland, that you'll be prosperous in the place that he has planted you, that you'll live under the blessing of the Lord where he has placed you. Sometimes we think that we get born again to just suffer. You, you know, now that you got born again, brother, be ready because once you go out those doors, the devil's going to, he's going to really give it to you. Anybody heard that before? I don't know about you, but before I got born again, the devil was giving it to me anyway. <laughs> I think the devil's really good at, at giving, giving people a hard time. I got liberated from that. <laughs> well, what, how do you handle hard times then? The anointing? Well, what do you do with difficult seasons? The anointing? Well, what do you do when something doesn't go your way? The anointing? Well, how do you handle someone? The anointing? How do you deal with the, the anointing? Learn to step into the anointing. It liberates, brings you out of your captivity, brings restoration. That's why we teach and preach and emphasize so much saturation. Saturating yourself in the presence of the Lord. Saturating yourself in his presence. Because he'll liberate you. He'll set you free. The power of God to set you free. The recovery of sight to the blind. Isaiah 9.6 talked about a people who sat in darkness have now seen a great light. This, anoint, this anointing liberates you to see the reality of the truth. There is a physical significance to this. Obviously, Jesus heals the blinded eyes, but he also 
gives you the ability to see what you could not see before. When you get under the influence of the anointing, sometimes God will show you things that you couldn't see in your own self. How to handle the situation like we talked about earlier. Get under the anointing and God might show you what you need to do in that situation. He might give you the direction that you need to go under the influence of his power, his authority, his presence. And then he can heal you as well. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can heal your emotions. And to set at liberty them that are oppressed. This word here, those that are bruised, oppressed, bruised. A bruised reed, Isaiah says, that he will not break. Those that have been through life, have been assaulted. How do you get bruised? Someone hits you? Some of you look really bruised this morning. You've been through life and you've been assaulted. The anointing will heal the assaults of life. The anointing, you know, this woman at the well, I keep thinking about this woman, had been bruised by life. She had had expectation. She thought she had found love. She, you know, here we go again, somebody else. She'd been bruised by life. Maybe today you've been in that situation where you just find yourself, here we go again. I've been there before, done that, seen this. The anointing can heal your bruised life. Sometimes bruises can happen even in the church. Sometimes we can get bruised by people in the church. Sometimes we can get bruised by situations in the church. Now, I'm not going to start, you know, there's a lot of people who talk a lot of smack about the church, and I'm not going to do that. I think it's ridiculous. You're talking about Jesus' bride. I don't know about you. You want to talk about my wife? I don't think so. Wouldn't be good for you. So I'm not going to talk, you know, a lot of people talk smack and judge the church. Don't do that. It's not smart. Wrath of God might find you out. But bruising can happen in the church, not by the church as the the bride of Christ, but by people. People let you down. Leadership lets you down. Here we go again. How many times have we done this? How many times have we been through this? I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I just sense the Lord speaking this morning, so I'll just go with it. Well, I don't want to do that ministry. I don't want to get involved in that because last time I did that, you know what happened. Jesus, the anointed one, came to heal your bruised life. Well, I tried it and I failed. I messed up. Jesus came to heal your bruised life. I have found this truth in ministry that the the longer that you're around in ministry in the church world, the more opportunity that you have to be bruised in church. 
But I've also found that that reality does not just exist within a church environment. That reality exists wherever you have people. (laughs) The difference is, is we expect everybody in church to be perfect all of a sudden because they prayed a prayer and they're just as messed up as you are. They're on, they, they need to be influenced just as much as you do by the anointing. And so we have expectation for others that we ourselves don't meet. And all we need to do is just get under the influence of the anointing. Ephesians 5, 18, 19, 20 tells us what happens when we get under the... Let's go there. Tells us what happens when we get under the influence of the anointing. I'll wrap this up because I know you all want to go to lunch. You know, because Bob Evans is better than the anointing any day. I haven't, Heather's gone, so I can say Bob Evans. She fussed at me and said I couldn't say Bob Evans anymore. So now she's in Houston. I can say what I want. Somebody bought us a housewarming gift in a Bob in a Bob Evans bag. It wasn't Bob Evans, thank the Lord. It's a good joke though. Ephesians five, verse seventeen says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, the influence of the anointing. The result of that anointing, the effect of the Holy Spirit, tells you right here, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of, the, of God. It goes on, the, this same anointing affects your home. Wives, submit to your own husbands. And it doesn't stop there. <laughs> For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. Husbands, love your life. Just keep the effect of the anointing. The effect of the anointing and how you relate to people within the church. The effect of the anointing and how you relate to people in your home, your family. This is good stuff. And it's, it's a lot easier than the 12-step program of how to be a better you. You just, it's really easy. Be affected by the anointing. Get into a place to be affected by the Spirit of God. Well, how does that happen? Well, you need to daily live this out in your personal life, be in church, be in a small group. Take a look at the New Testament church. How were they affected by the anointing? How were they living life in the anointing? Strive to enter the rest of God. What does that mean in Hebrews? Strive, be affected by the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. There's rest when there's no yoke, right? He removes the yoke of bondage. The anointing breaks the yoke. How do you enter the rest? Get under the influence of the anointing. This is real easy. This is real easy. But it's a great mystery. It's so simple, but it's a great mystery of the gospel. That Jesus came to save those which were lost. And this anointing breaks the yoke. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? Living under the blessing of the Lord, allowing the anointing of God 
to break the yoke. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you high-five your neighbor, slap your neighbor, and say, you need to get under the influence. (laughs) You could tell them they'll be a lot happier if they do. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just lift your hands where you're at. Lord... The anointing breaks the yoke, and so we, we need bondage-breaking anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this morning for your touch on your people. Lord, let liberty, let the liberty that comes from the anointing that breaks the yoke fill their lives this morning. Lord, they'll go home affected by the anointing. They'll go to work affected by the anointing. They'll go into their family relationships affected by the anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so
Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.